This morning we're going to step aside from our study in 2 Timothy. Let's go to the Gospel of Mark this morning. Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. I want us to look at the grace and power of Jesus. Mark 5 is a wonderful chapter. It's dominated by three wonderful miracles. They take the whole chapter. It opens with the demon-possessed man of the Gadarenes, the first 20 verses. Then we come across a woman who has an issue of blood, and we're going to read uh, her story, not going to focus on it. And then we're going to look at the miracle we're going to look at with Jairus and his daughter, which is intertwined with the woman and her experience with Jesus. Uh, Warren Wiersbe says of Jairus and his daughter and the woman with the issue of the blood that they reveal the depth of Christ's mercy and his love. And he does an interest, interesting comparison between the two, between Jairus and the woman. Uh, he says Jairus was an important synagogue official and the woman was an anonymous nobody, yet, yet Jesus welcomes both of them. Jairus is about to lose a daughter that had brought 12 years of happiness. And the woman was about to lose a sickness that brought her 12 years of sorrow. Jairus, due to position, was wealthy. But his wealth couldn't save his daughter. The woman was bankrupt. The doctors took all she had. Yet she remained with no care. And both Jairus and the woman are going to find their answer at the feet of Jesus. That's what's profound. Well, let's take a look and see what happens. Uh, stand with me as we read Mark 5, beginning of verse 22. Mark tells us, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he besought him greatly, saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come and lay thy hands on her, that she may be healed, and, and she shall live. And Jesus went with him, and much people followed him and thronged him. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood, 12 years, we're going to read her story because it's tied in with it. And had suffered many things of many physicians and spent all that she had and was nothing better but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him. Turned him about in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And his disciples said unto him, Thou seest the multitude thronging thee. Sayest thou who touched me? He looked round about to see her that had done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. 
He said unto her, Daughter, thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. Now back to Jairus. While he yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain, which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he cometh to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and seeth the tumult, and them that wept and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he saith unto them, Why make ye this ado, and, and weep? The damsel's not dead, but sleepeth. And they laughed him to scorn. But when he had put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel. And then that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was laying. And he took the damsel by hand, and said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked. For she is of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know it. Commanded that something should be given her to eat. Let's pray. Father, what a wonderful account we're given. One that encourages us today makes our hearts soar as we look at you and who you are. Thank you, Jesus. For we ask it in your name. Amen. Please be seated. Uh, let's look at the man first, Jairus. Mark tells us he's a man of position. We see that in verse 22. Uh, Behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, uh, Jairus. So he had an important position. Uh, he would be the one that would select uh, the readers and teachers of the synagogue. He, he, he was kind of the gatekeeper, and whoever taught and spoke, uh, the ruler of the synagogue decided that. And so he watched out, make sure they were proper, not some heretic. He was responsible for the conduct of the service in the synagogue, make sure everything was done properly, and in order. Uh, he's also the administrative head for the synagogue. Uh, he would uh, take care of the building and contents. He is also very respected in the community because of that position. And yet we see here that he comes to Jesus and he lays aside his position. Uh, the fact, the moment he saw Jesus there in verse 22, Mark tells us he fell at his feet. Now, anytime you see someone falling on the ground, that's going to get your attention. I mean, that's just real different, especially in a public place. Uh, it's a position of submission. And Jairus, his position didn't matter when he looked at his daughter and the need there. 
for her life. And he placed himself at the feet of Jesus. Best place to be. And isn't that interesting? The woman with the issue of the blood. Uh, she did the same thing. You look at verse 33. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her, came and fell down before him. Told him all the truth. Out of thankfulness, she fell at the feet of Jesus. And, and that's a profound truth. When we have a humble heart and a thankful heart, we are going to be at the feet of Jesus. That's where we're going to find ourselves. Thankful hearts, humble hearts, see the feet of Jesus. In fact, later on in Mark in chapter 7, uh, we find an unnamed woman in verse 25 of that chapter. Mark tells us that a certain woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard of him, Jesus, and came and fell at his feet. She needed one who was more powerful uh, to overcome the demon that possessed her daughter. You know, James tells us in his letter, he says, Submit yourselves therefore to God and resist the devil. And he'll flee from you. But, but notice the sequence. Resist the devil and he'll flee. But you have to submit yourself first. That's what James says. Submit yourselves therefore to God. Then you resist the devil. It's submission first. At the feet of Jesus. And to be a servant, we have to be at his feet. I love the account in Luke chapter 7. In verse 37, and I think we referred to this last Sunday, uh, where Luke tells us, Behold, a woman in the city which was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at meat in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster box of ointment, then just what she did, uh, and stood at his feet behind him weeping, began to wash his feet with tears, and did wipe them with the hairs of her head, and kissed his feet and anointed them with the ointment. Wow, that's quite a picture. It's what Peter would also learn. When he caught that great catch of fish in Luke 5 and, and their boats began to sink after Jesus had commanded them to go back out in the water during the daylight when it's not the right time, not the right part. And he says, because you say so, we'll do it. And their nets were so filled that they began to break, break and, and, and the boats began to sink. And, and Peter falls at the feet of Jesus. He says, go away, Lord, I'm a sinful man. And of course, Mary and Martha, the two sisters, when Jesus came to their house, of course, remember Martha, she's busy getting stuff ready. But where do we find Mary? She is sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to what he's saying. 
and realize every time we open God's word, we are placing ourselves at the feet of Jesus. Being like Mary. Want to see God's glory? Want to see the glory of Christ? Be at his feet. That's what the Apostle John did. Revelation, that first chapter, he says, When I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Lots of good things found at the feet of Jesus. But pride will take every one of them away. As we go back to Mark 5, Jairus placed himself at the feet of Jesus. The story begins there in verse 22. And when he saw him, Jesus, he fell at his feet. And in verse 23, he besought him greatly. My little daughter lieth at the point of death. I pray thee, come, lay thy hand on her, that she may be healed and live. And verse 24 uh, tells us Jesus went with him. And the verb tense implies that he went promptly. No hesitation. He just went. Now let's look at Jesus. Uh, Warren Wiersbe says of this encounter, uh, he says, it's beautiful to watch Jesus deal with Jairus and lead him to joyful victory. Throughout this entire event, it was our Lord's words that made the difference. And I want you to notice how Jesus speaks to Jairus. Uh, Dr. John Phillips points out the same thing. The words of Jesus. In fact, Jesus will speak three times as he deals with this daughter. And, and the first time is going to be a word of faith, encouragement. Verse 35, we jump ahead. Jesus deals with a woman. And as that finishes up in verse 35, it says, While he, Jesus, yet spake, there came from the ruler of the synagogue's house certain which said, Thy daughter is dead. Why troublest thou the master? I mean, that's just crushing news to Jairus. Can you imagine that? Went to get help, and, and then pretty soon people come from his home. Your daughter's dead. It's all over. In fact, they give the counsel, Don't bother Jesus. That word means to annoy, distress, to skin or flay. Don't bother him. It's over. And sometimes that's the counsel that's going to be given to us when we face the hopeless. And the impossible. Don't trouble Jesus. Don't bother. It's no use. 
But you look at verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he saith unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. That's a word of faith. You see, the woman with the issue of blood had, had delayed Jesus. Getting to the daughter in time. And now the faith of Jairus, hearing that his daughter is dead, well, it, it, it's hanging in the balance. It's standing on the edge of collapse. And he's probably thinking to himself, if only we got there in time. Jesus says, be not afraid, only believe. You know, the delays of God are a deep mystery. Abraham waited for years for a promised son. Joseph sat in an Egyptian prison for years, probably wondering when God was going to remember him and fulfill that dream. Daniel spent all his life in Babylon. Seventy years waiting for God's judgment to be complete. And then return home. Even had a prayer delayed, 21 days. Joshua and Caleb waited 40 years before they stepped back into the promised land. God kept Israel in Egypt for 400 years <coughs> before he brought them out. Mary, the sister of Lazarus, when Lazarus died, said, Lord, if thou hast been here, my brother had not died. And Jesus purposely delayed. He'd been dead four days when he showed up. I think David gives us insight from the Psalms. He says, Wait on the Lord, be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That's the answer. That's the action. And for Jairus, Jesus has a precious word. Be not afraid, only believe. Uh, you see, Jair Jesus heard what was said. And he quickly moves. Don't be afraid. Believe. You see, as, as John Phillips points out, fear and faith, they pull in opposite directions. And fear was beginning to win the tug-of-war in Jairus. His daughter was dead. All that is left is a funeral. There's going to be an empty chair at the table, an empty bed in the corner, an empty heart. And he says, don't be afraid. 
and, and is present imperative with a pro prohibition. In other words, Jesus is forbidding a continuing action that's already going on. He is being afraid. And Jesus tells him, don't be afraid. Quit that action of being afraid. Stop fearing. And then he says, only believe. That is also present imperative command that you, Jairus, you need to move from being ongoing fear to ongoing belief. A continuous action. Believe. Then the word of hope. Verse 37 suffers, only lets Peter, James, and John go with him. Comes to the house in verse 38. Seeth the tumult, and them that wept welled greatly. Uh, I mean, what a scene in verse 38. I mean, Jesus, notice it says he seeth the tumult. Studied the situation. Uh, tumult. That's a good King, King James word. I love that word, tumult. And it just shows up on and off. That's what it was. I mean, it was just a noise. It was an uproar uh, going on and, and, and wailed, a repeated, repeated crying. Uh, the monotonous wailing of hired mourners. You see, uh, they had professional mourners who were always summoned when a death took place. That's some of the people that are there. Paid to do that. Professionals. In fact, uh, they would beat their hearts, tear their hair, rent their garments. And all this is going on and all the wailing. In fact, their presence is proof the girl's dead. And then in verse 39, he comes in, says unto them, Why make ye this ado and weep? Damsel's not dead, she just sleeps. Well, she, she was dead. But Jesus pictures it as sleep. Not permanent. She's going to wake up. You know, he said the same thing of Lazarus. Lazarus, our friend, sleeps. Paul of the rapture uh, speaks of those who have died in Christ. That they, they're asleep. But they're going to be woke up. In an instant. They'll meet us. Why make the ado? Because to, to death to Jesus is nothing. He commands it. To us, it's so different. Not to him. Uh, verse 40. Then we see the word of power and love that begins to uh, unfold. They laughed him to scorn. But when he put them all out, he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and them that were with him, and entereth in where the damsel was laying. You know, they laughed at Jesus, scornful, jeered at him, laughed him to scorn. 
Isn't that interesting? That the world scoffs at the things of God. Really does. You know, in Psalm 1, notice the blessing. Blessed is the man that sitteth not in the seat of the scornful. Jesus, when he's on the cross, he's going to be scorned. He's going to be mocked. Save yourself if you say who you are. And, and the one thief will mock him. The religious leaders will. And, and Peter, he warns us in Second Peter, there shall come in the last days scoffers saying, where is the promise of his coming? I think things are going to get worse. And I think we're going to get taunted as God's people. Well, where is he? We're in charge. Oh, he'll come. And they'll scoff. And I like what Jesus does. He, he puts them out. Uh, the picture is very similar to the money changers when he cast them out of the temple. Same thing here. He just cast all these scoffers out. He has a wonderful authority and he takes authority of this house. He's the master. And then he does a mighty miracle in private. Only five people witness it. Peter, James, and John. The father, the mother. You see, Jesus is not a stage magician. He's not a Benny Hinn. The plays to the audience. So much more. In verse 41, he took the damsel by the hand, said unto her, Talitha kumai, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Uh, only Mark has the original Aramaic. King James words it, damsel, arise. Others word it, little girl. Uh, James Taylor, a member at the camp meeting years ago at Pulse Falls Baptist in the summer, uh, pointed to this miracle. And he gave such insight to these tender words of Jesus. He says it could literally read, Little lamb, it is time to get up. James Taylor. He says, Jesus was loving to a little girl's body. That's the kind of Savior I can follow. Master of death, 
taking time for a precious child, touching her in love, holding all authority, full of grace and truth and power. Jonathan, Leland, come back up. We're going to sing Alleluia. It's one need to come and follow Jesus today. Place your hand in his hand. Lord, give me faith for where I'm at. He'll do that. Help me to believe. He'll do that. He'll walk with you. You come. Let's stand as we sing. Hallelujah.